on guys episode number 41 i think getting really bad at keeping track of what episode it is um pretty sure it's episode 41 regardless of that it is uh alcohol around training and life part two this week um i hope you guys enjoyed last week's one it was a bit of an intro there wasn't a whole lot of fucking info i spent a lot of time talking shit at the start but um we're here now we're ready to go part two um i'm wearing a different t-shirt so you can tell i recorded on different days not that that means anything um i'm gonna just jump fucking straight into a recap from last week and then give you a bit of a preview as to what's coming up this week and then then i'm gonna play part two and then afterwards i'll talk a bit of shit um but yeah i figured i'd get the, the good stuff the juicy stuff out of the way first so um what happened last week? What did we speak about on last week's podcast? All right. We basically gave a general in- introduction to alcohol consumption, um, meaning having five or more drinks in a single sitting is classed as binge drinking. Having 15 or more in a single occasion is heavy drinking. That is for males. Females is less um, than that. Drinking in moderation is defined as drinking one or less a day alcoholism is when your body is dependent on alcohol when when you like wake up and your body's like i need alcohol to survive um there we went over the short the health risks so the short-term health risks being basically just alcohol poisoning uh like indecisive decision making like slow decision making that cause accidents and stuff like that you get injured in that way um and messaging or calling people you don't want to fucking message or call when you're drunk that's basically it so the short-term effects aren't really that bad um unless you drink a lot and get alcohol poisoning otherwise they're not that bad you got to as long as you're responsible you'll be fine then the long-term effects of alcoholism or drinking are more serious like high blood pressure heart disease liver disease digestive issues you got a weak immune system learning and memory problems depression anxiety social problems family problems then it can all lead into fucking um, alcohol dependence and you can have issues relating to that. It's just a whole thing. So long-term issues are serious, short-term, not that bad. Um, Then we went into the general effects of alcohol on training, basically meaning alcohol slows everything down. Slows everything down and it is impossible to function at your best when you've had a drink. Um, Especially if you had a few drinks, it is impossible to function at your best. Your body just can't do it because it's too busy trying to get rid of the alcohol. It's not worried about the other shit that's going on. Um, And we dropped a big bomb, bombshell, uh, being that just because you eat a healthy diet doesn't negate the effects of alcohol. Like you can eat as healthy as you fucking want. You could eat the cleanest diet in the fucking world. No refined sugar, nothing. You drink alcohol, it doesn't matter. The alcohol is still going to have a negative effect on you. Sorry, I got a call um, and had to pause momentarily. But yeah, if you doesn't matter how clean you eat, the vacuum is probably going to go on and off in the background too. Um, doesn't matter how clean you eat. If you drink alcohol, it's going to have a negative effect on you in some effect. Um, some effect, if that makes sense. But yeah, that's basically what we covered off last week. Um, Moving into this week, I obviously recorded this last week, but what we're going to touch on is alcohol and how it affects our abilities to recover. Um, We're going to talk about how it impacts on our hormones. We're going to discuss how it impacts on our performance. We're going to discuss how drinking post-training affects 
our recovery affects our session and is it bad or good and like what the timeline is you know if you drink immediately is it worse than if you drink you know several hours later and um, just some top takeaways that you should take away from the first two parts I suppose but yeah this part is fucking jam-packed with with a bunch of shit um i found this super informative while i was researching this um because yeah just learned a whole lot of shit like i think i probably went in a bit too ham on certain things being like you know this is how it's going to be if you're an alcoholic not everyone's an alcoholic not a lot of people are alcoholics you know some people might just drink occasionally here and there so like Take it with a grain of salt, listen to it. There's some pretty good, cool gems in there. Like it scared me a little bit, um, if I'm honest. Probably not going to drink as much. Like I never drank, to, didn't really drink much to begin with. But um, after researching and recording that, I'm like, oh, probably not going to drink. Probably going to drink even less now, um, especially around training. But I think I touched on it in the episode. Depends on what your goals are. You know what I mean? If your goals are performance driven and like aesthetic driven and how you feel like you're going to drink less anyway because it you know it impacts that um so it's all goals driven it depends what you enjoy but anyway enjoy this insert from last week um and i'll catch up with you guys on the other side so this is the one you've all been waiting for um that you didn't know you were waiting for how does alcohol affect our ability to recover you ask well my fans um I'm going to take a big sip before this one because I need to fucking create some tension. Tension, suspense, suspense. That's the word I'm looking for and I don't want you to hear so I'm going to lean right back. Oh, my throat dries out so quickly. I need a, need a lozenge or something. Um, along with dehydration, alcohol impairs microphilia no myophilia portions what the fuck man this is why you gotta pro uh, you gotta reread um alcohol impairs myophilia protein synthesis or mps um basically muscle protein synthesis synthesis um think of protein synthesis as the protein the process the pro the pro the process of building muscle protein synthesis occurs to repair muscle protein um basically to repair muscle damage so when you exercise you break down your muscles like you put your muscles under stress they break down they get damaged and then to repair the muscles you need protein protein synthesis is this process that is the process of repairing the muscle damage you have caused by exercising when you wake up and you're fucking sore as shit after a session your muscles are damaged and as you get better as you recover over the coming days that is protein that is mps muscle protein synthesis in action repairing those muscles um so how does alcohol affect this you ask well unfortunately Alcohol contributes to protein breakdown more than your nutrition contributes to protein synthesis. Um, When the body degrades muscle, when the body degrades muscle protein, it breaks down more muscle than it builds. In other words, never building muscle. So um, to break that, to make that make more sense instead of me just reading it off the paper, alcohol contributes to 
muscle breakdown more than your nutrition contributes to building muscle. So basically, muscle in, inhabits, inhibits, li- muscle limits your ability to build muscle more than having protein or eating more protein. That doesn't make any sense. Um, let's just wind that back. Apologies, ladies and gentlemen. I got distracted by seeing something. Um, what's new? So basically, alcohol contributes to breaking down muscle more than protein synthesis can contribute to building muscle or repairing muscle. In other words, you will never build muscle because part of the process of protein synthesis is retaining the muscle you've got. When you drink alcohol, that cuts that out. You It completely inhibits the, the ability of the body to synthesize protein and repair and build muscle which is not good if your goal is to gain muscle and you're drinking you are giving yourself the biggest handicap ever um so there's even been studies proof that trying to combine a protein source with with alcohol to try and outweigh this process doesn't work alcohol affects much the negative effects of alcohol much outweigh the effects of trying to offset that with a protein source um, if you want to reduce the severity of the effects of alcohol, work out earlier than day. Leave several hours. Give your body several hours to, you know, kickstart the process of protein synthesis to try and start repairing the muscle damage you've occurs before you slow that process down with the consumption of alcohol. So give yourself a break. So if you're going to train, you want to fucking hit a hard session, hit it in the morning, then give yourself the entire day before you start drinking and limiting your body's ability to repair muscle damage. Because all it does, all it does when you drink, so... If you were to hit a fucking solid session and then start drinking immediately, you are going to put off being like you're going to leave that muscle broken down for an extra day, an extra two days. Like your body's not going to be able to start repairing that until the following day or until when out until the alcohol is out of your system. So depending on how much you drink, like you could be offsetting or you could be putting off repairing the muscle damage for fucking days, which is not good. Like fuck that. And then if you're training day after day after day, you're just building on that. You're just going to break your body down and your body's not going to repair. You're not going to get any benefit out of your training. The only way you get better at training is you break down your muscle, your muscle adapts, you get stronger. Break it down again, it adapts, you get stronger. But if you're just breaking your muscle down, there's no chance for it to adapt. So you're just going to decline. Um, you want to be breaking it down and recovering. And alcohol, in like it limits your ability to recover. So you're just going to keep, you might recover a little bit, but you're going to trend down instead of trending up. You want to trend up. You want to get stronger. You want to get fitter. You don't want to get fucking worse. So just think about that. Next time you have a drink around training, before training, after training, like if you're going to train the next day, you know, try and make sure your alcohol's out of your system before you train. So limit the amount of drinks you have. Um, it's just, you know, you want to limit the alcohol around your training. Like I was talking to Ben about this the other day. You know, it might even be smart to try and deload before you drink because like if you're going to drink that night, don't go and fucking smash yourself in the morning because your body's going to struggle to recover from that session. Maybe hit a light, hit a super light session that's not going to, a more skill-based, more aerobic-based, less muscle breakdown kind of session um, so that your body doesn't have as much to recover from as if you were to go and, you know, hit a heavy weight session and fucking ruin your legs or something like that and even the day after drinking take it easy don't go out and smash yourself because 
your body's not going to be ready to repair that damage yet. It's going to have to wait till the next day, which you're probably going to train again and you're just going to add to that list and you're just going to degrade your body and you don't want to be doing that. Um, it's so alcohol and its effects on hormones. Um, excessive alcohol consumption leads to hormone production imbalances. Now, this is more potent in males. Um, alcohol has a massive impact on the conversion of testosterone to estrogen, meaning it encourages the conversion of testosterone to estrogen. And if you're a guy trying to gain muscle and trying to get stronger, fitter, like testosterone is huge for that. You want to be fucking flooded with testosterone. You don't want to be turning that into estrogen. Estrogen kind of encourages storing of fat and stuff like that, um, which is why females gen, uh, generally tend to store more fat than males. Um, whereas testosterone, yeah, it fucking makes, makes shit grow. So if you want to get big and strong, you want testosterone. You don't want estrogen. Um, alcohol encourages estrogen, which is not what you want if you're a, if you're a guy. Um, your body's endocrine system is responsible for the production of hormones. Alcohol affects the glands, producing hormones via the nervous system immune, and immune system disturbance. So you're, you're essentially affecting your body's ability to produce hormones, which is not a good thing. Um, it could be said that that is the reason you can suffer depression, depression and stuff like that. Like you're not producing the right chemicals, the right hormones. It causes imbalances and then you spiral, you get anxious. You can end up with depression, especially if you're a heavy, heavy drinker. You end up with imbalances like that, disturbances, everything's thrown off kilt. You don't want that to happen. My therapist, um, what does she, how does she describe it? She does, yes, that's right, in the brain. She describes all the hormones as everyone sitting on a mattress. And if you disrupt that, it's like one of them jumping on the mattress. All it takes is the alcohol to affect one of those hormones and that hormone is going to be jumping on the mattress, disturbing the rest of the hormones and everything's going to be thrown off balance. You don't want that. You want it to be equilibrium. You want to be fucking chilled. Um, so like that's one of the effects alcohol has and throws it throws that shit out. You don't want that to happen. You don't want that to happen. You don't want that to happen. Um, I'm just going to have a drink. Oh, hormones control reproduction, growth, and the development for the body. Since alcohol causes an increase in blood sugar levels, the body undergoes more stress, which impacts the liver, pancreas, and stomach. In this stressful environment, it's more difficult for the body to absorb nutrients. The body, when the body's stressed, it doesn't function as good. Like, you know, I know one of my immediate things, let's use the stomach, for example, when I get stressed out, my digestion sucks because the body is focused on other shit. It's not focused on digesting food properly. It's like, it's fight or flight. When you're in fight or flight mode, your body's not digesting food because it's like, I need adrenaline. I need to get the fuck out of here. I need to go, go, go. Whereas if you're in, you know, relax, recover mode, that's when your body digests things well. So as soon as you're amped up into fight or flight mode, you're not going to be digesting your food properly. You're going to have stomach issues. It's going to suck. Like you're going to feel like crap. It's not the way to go. You're not going to absorb key nutrients because your body's not focused on that. Your body's focused on other shit. So you don't want to be putting your body under unnecessary stress. Alcohol puts it under unnecessary stress. Um, a popular nutrient that conflicts with alcohol is calcium. 
um, the absorption rate lowers. Over time, this can lead to osteoporosis. Now, that's not a good thing either. So if you're a heavy drinker and you have been for a long time, you might want to be more cautious of maybe trying to reduce that so you can absorb more calcium because you don't want to have osteoporosis. You know, like I've mentioned before, I want to lift weights until I'm fucking 80 so I don't get osteoporosis. If alcohols inhibit, if I've, you know, imagine if I've been a heavy drinker for fucking since I was 20 till I'm 40 or 60, man, and I haven't lifted weights, osteoporosis is going to be fucking crippling. So, you know, be mindful of that too. Um, while alcohol impacts many organs, the biggest impact it has on the, is on the liver. The liver is responsible for filter out, filtering out alcohol and other toxins, um, which is why if we lo- overload the liver with alcohol, it can lead to it having a fatty liver because the, reasons, the reason it results in us having a fatty liver because the liver is responsible for filtering out toxins and alcohol and other toxins. If we overload the liver with alcohol, it's going to struggle to break it down. And if it can't break it down, it's going to turn into fat. Um, like, or it's just going to be stuck in the liver which is not good. You want to give the liver a chance to actually break down those chemicals and break down those toxins, which is kind of fucked up when you think about it, like we're drinking things, drinking something that is essentially a toxin. Um, But you want to give the liver a chance to break that down properly. And if you are a fucking heavy drinker, that is not good. You're overloading your liver. That can't be good for you. Like, I think that's, I think, is liver failure a common, I feel like liver failure is a, a, one of the things that can happen when you're a heavy drinker. Um, let's see. Can your liver over? Can were your liver fail from alcohol abuse? Here we go. In some cases, treatment can reverse the damage, while more severe cases of alcoholic hepatitis can lead to liver failure. Fuck. So your you can actually your liver can die on you. If you drink that much, not that anyone's gonna, not that anyone listening to this is gonna be a fucking, um, you know, closet alcoholic that drinks so much that their liver's gonna fail, but it is something that can happen. So maybe if you have someone in your life that is a fucking big time alcoholic, maybe, you know, just try and push them in the right direction. Um, Having a fatty liver influences your metabolism and how your body stores energy. Now that, I don't really know how, so I'm going to remove that. Pretend I said that, um, because I don't have any science that can back that up. Anyway, let's move on to the next subtopic of this topic. Oh, my throat is really dry. Actually, I'm going to stop this and change batteries. Give me two seconds. And I'm back. Um, I'm lucky I stopped when I stopped, because my GoPro was on like fucking 3% battery. Um, so I've put a new battery in and put a new memory card in. So we're ready to go. We should get another hour out of this one. Hooray. Um, all right. The next part, the next topic, subtopic, whatever is, what have I done? This is what happens when you're not uh, paying attention. You just press random buttons and things start happening. The next subtopic is effects on performance and recovery. So effects of alcohol on performance and recovery. Um, so when you consume or when we consume alcohol, it creates inflammation within the body, especially in the stomach. Um, this can impact our immune system. Having a strong immune system leads to high performance, obviously, because if your body is feeling good and it can fight off the diseases 
and keep you super healthy, then you're going to perform better. Whereas if you have a shitty immune system, you're going to get sick, you're going to feel crappy, and your body's just not going to function as smoothly as it should. So like if you have a weak immune system, you're probably going to you know gain more fat. Oh, gain more fat you're not, probably not going to build as much muscle um because your body's going to be fucking struggling to keep you healthy whereas if you've got a strong immune system mate your body can do whatever the fuck it wants because it knows the immune system's going to be crushing it and it's not going to have to worry about kind of protecting you um if you're a heavy drinker over time this extra stress on the immune system takes the focus away from recovery and performance instead the body's going to be focusing on protecting itself from the toxins or from the alcohol because alcohol is a drug it's not it's a toxin it's not good it's not good for you um so your body's going to be trying to protect itself from the damage that that's causing as opposed to trying to repair the damage from your workouts and your sessions so that fucking squiggly line i was talking about before where you break yourself down and adapt and you get stronger you're just going to be trending down instead of trending up so you're going to be getting fit up you're going to be getting fatter losing more muscle um more unfit as opposed to fitter, stronger, faster, better, which is not good. Um, that's if you're a heavy drinker, obviously. And as I mentioned in previous podcasts, the biggest pillar for recovery is sleep. And the impact alcohol has on sleep cycles leads to hormone imbalances within the body. And that is not good. You don't want that. Um, you might assume that only having a few drinks to help you relax or fall asleep is okay. However, it's quite the opposite um, because it disrupts the sleep cycles, including or mainly REM sleep, which is the deep sleep uh, cycle that is crucial for recovery. Um, if you're, yeah, whenever you drink, you're disrupting the REM cycle, which is not good. Like I know for me and um, for a lot of people, I might actually touch on that in this as well. Touch on that in this, if that makes sense. I wear a whoop, which is a recovery tool. It monitors recovery, sleep, training all that kind of stuff and i know they've done i've actually got it on my maybe i'll go into it now yeah yeah let's do that um i've got it open currently and how long alcohol stays in our body so they basically did a study showing how alcohol can kind of fuck with your recovery scores and stuff like that um and they're saying alcohol can impact resting heart rate and HRV for up to four to five days, which is insane. Um, basically, what I've concluded from the very few times I've had a drink while wearing my Whoop is that the next day, my recovery is usually shitty because my resting heart rate's elevated because I've had a shit sleep. I haven't been able to recover properly. My HRV is down, which means my heart rate isn't you know, isn't ready to fucking go. It's not responding very quick. It's slowed down. Um it's it just it fucks with you so if you're losing REM sleep because you're drinking then you're impacting your recovery your body like the REM phase is um where brain activity muscle repair and learning are at its highest alcohol has a huge impact on sleep disturbances and insomnia which can eventually lead to creating hunger and satiety issues meaning you will have problems feeling like you've eaten enough or you'll wake up feeling hungry in the night so basically long story short if you're disrupting your REM sleep cycle, you're disrupting your recovery, you're, hamper, you're hampering your effect, you're handicapping yourself at recovering, which is not good. Like, I know Whoop has a recovery score of 0 to 100 in terms of percent, 100 being great, 0 being shit. If, if I've had a night where I've, I've had a few drinks, even uh, one drink, my recovery is usually shittier the day after. 
because it fucks with your sleep. You don't get enough sleep, so you don't get to recover, which means you're essentially carrying two days worth of crap instead of just, you know, recovering from that first day and then moving to the second day. You're carrying that first day and now the second day of shit. So your body's fucking strung out. Um, Digestion is also heavily impacted by alcohol as it inflames the stomach lining. The excess acid and irritation within the stomach cause dehydration. This is problematic because muscle cells need water to prevent shrinking and to prevent injuries. And obviously, being dehydrated decreases energy levels and reduces athletic performance. I'm always dehydrated, so if I started drinking, I'd become even more dehydrated, and that would just be shit. Um, But you want to keep your body full of water. You want to stay hydrated as fuck. Dehydration also reduces sleep quality too as i've experienced um when i'm hydrated i usually have a great sleep when i'm dehydrated i sleep shitty i wake up feeling fucking like feeling tired already um and alcohol is only going to exacerbate that which is not a good thing so basically effects on performance and recovery alcohol just hampers your ability to recover properly mainly because it fucks with your sleep um like i said before the biggest pillar of recovery is sleep if you can get your if you can get quality sleep like what is it 6 to 8 hours of quality sleep a night you are going to be fine whereas if you're fucking with that so if you're getting if you drink and you're still getting 8 or 10 hours after you drink that's still not quality sleep quality is the key you know you can get 10 hours sleep a night but if it's not quality it's not going to mean anything you want to be in that rem cycle for you know as long as you can i think i average about an hour and a half a night hour and a half of REM, hour and a half of deep, and um, the rest light, which is three hours of solid, five hours of whatever. Generally, only six and a half to seven hours most nights. Um, But yeah, you want to try and maximize the time you can be in that REM cycle. You don't want to be jumping in and out of it or not going into it at all, which is the worst. Um, You want to be getting recovered. You want to be making the most of that. And if, you know, not having an alcohol, not having a drink is going to help you recover, then why not? Um, Like, I'm going to be biased, which I will touch on the reasons for that a bit, because, you know, I don't drink, um, so it's coming from my opinion. But remember, this is a study. This is a, a, you know, this is actual facts, not, uh, not just bullshit coming out of my mouth. Anyway, moving on to the next uh, subtopic consuming alcohol post-workout as i mentioned earlier having a higher level of muscle protein synthesis and less muscle protein breakdown due to alcohol consumption increases your body's ability to build muscle build and repair muscle Um, post-workout your body needs to start rebuilding and repairing the muscle that was just broken down during the workout this is why we're encouraged to take protein post-workout to help give our body protein to synthesize and repair that muscle um At the end of the day, moderate alcohol consumption is acceptable. It's not ideal, but it's acceptable. As long as you leave a window between your training and your drinking. If you're giving your body enough time to start the process of repairing the muscle damage, then you can have a drink. That's fine. As long as you're giving yourself, as long as you're giving your body adequate time to repair. Um, Excessive alcohol consumption following a workout, it's not ideal. Um... If you're, it really slows down the protein turnover, increases fat storage. This heavily impacts the body's, the body's ability to, to absorb nutrients. So, 
like I said, moderate consumption is acceptable as long as you leave time between training sessions. But if you're consuming a fucking heap of alcohol post-workout, don't do that. Um, it's not a great thing for you. It's not going to work out. Um, it, As I said, it slows down your body's ability to function and it slows your absorption of uh nutrients um fat storage is increased because of insulin sensitivity when alcohol creates a resistance to insulin the blood sugar and estrogen levels rise um bottom line if you're training for muscle growth and or fat loss alcohol consumption will not help you even if you're training for endurance sports you're breaking muscle down consuming alcohol is not going to help you repair that muscle and it's not going to help you get fitter it's not going to help you get up for the next training session it's going to hamper that fuck doing that that is not what you want i remember playing i remember playing senior football um when i used to play football back in the day couple of years ago and you know if we would win a game the first thing they'd do is bring a slab of beer out and throw it in the center of the room um for everyone to have a have a beer after the game directly after the game i'm talking we've sung the, sung the song they've thrown the slab of beer in the middle of the room and everyone's passing beers around to drink straight away that is literally the fucking worst thing you could do literally the worst thing because instantly you're not even giving your body like 15 minutes to start repairing muscle damage you're like you know what We've just broken down our entire bodies playing this game of football. Let's stop our bodies from repairing that damage. Um, why would you do that? That is so silly. I just, I can't, like I never knew that back then. I'm only realizing it now after doing this. I only realized that after doing this research for this this uh, podcast. Why would you do that? It's so silly. You, not only are you stopping your body from repairing, but you are stopping your body from gaining any fitness from that last training session being the game so you know you break your body down you think you know you play one game you break your body down you recover you get fitter from that game whereas instead of doing that and getting fitter we're like break our body down let's stop our body from repairing itself let's get less fit let's recover a bit during the week but we're not going to be as fit as we would have been if we didn't drink and recover properly um so like and it's silly because they would give you they'd be like all right make sure you get your proteins in but also have this beer it's silly it doesn't fucking work like that so bottom line or what i'm trying to like that you know what no that's perfect i'll roll into the next thing because the next thing is top three take or top takeaways um so top takeaways from this from this segment is when you do consume alcohol try and limit that limit that consumption as much as you can like I said before, try not to have more than two to three drinks. That way you're not overloading your system, causing negative flow-on effects. Basically, if you're going out with a bunch of people and you usually have six drinks, alternate. Have a drink, an alcoholic drink, a non-alcoholic drink. Alcoholic drink, non-alcoholic drink. And you can, you know, you can still feel like you're part of the crew, but you don't have to drink as much as you normally would. Um, you could even go and do what I do and just drink fucking non-alcoholic drinks. I just bring a Cocoa Coast and fucking slam that. Everyone thinks it's, you know, it's in a it's in a tall boy, a tall can. Everyone thinks they're alcoholic. Just fucking slam that shit, dude. Um, at least you're not going to hamper your recovery. Arguably, a fucking energy drink is better than a fucking beer because it's not going to fuck with your recovery. might give you a bit of sugar, but it's not going to fuck your body from repairing itself. Um leave plenty of time between training and drinking. Give your body a chance to start to recover before you fucking chop it off at the knees. Give your body a chance to try and 
start that protein synthesis and repair, build muscle before you fucking come in with alcohol and just put that fire out completely. Um, because wouldn't you want to gain, like, think of it, think of it like this. All right. If you think of how hard you work when you're in the gym, think of how hard that session is, right? You push yourself, you lift heavy weights, you fucking struggle, you sweat, it burns. You know, today I almost started cramping while I was doing front squats. Like, imagine you go through all that and then you finish your session, you're like, nice, that was sick. You go and have a drink. That session is useless now. Your body's not going to adapt. Your body's not going to, you know, build from that. Your body's going to either get worse or stay the same from that session. You went through all that pain for nothing. Why? Pointless. Don't do that. Got to think about your recovery. Um, So try and leave as much time as you can between sessions and drinking because you want to recover. You don't want your work to go to waste. Um, choose drinks that don't contain high amounts of added sugar. This will lessen the effects of your, of dehydration on the body. Um, sugar makes you dehydrated. So if you can limit that effect, like alcohol already dehydrates you from the stomach acid, uh, saga, you don't want to be adding high sugar shit in there as well, making you even more dehydrated. And not to mention high sugar drinks aren't really good for you either, you know, excess Uh, calories that you don't really want like wouldn't you rather eat something high quality for those calories rather than just drinking sugar water Um, so you know try to make good choices around that too ideally you wouldn't be drinking alcohol after training but you know at the same time uh, try and make good choices in that I just thought of something and I was yeah sorry I got distracted but yeah try and make good choices around what you're drinking Um, if you've had a big night on the drinks it's arguably better that you sit out training the next day, especially if you've trained. So just say you've trained hard on the Saturday, you've gone out on the Saturday night, you've had a big night drinking. Training on the Sunday might make you feel better. Like I know I usually feel better getting moving and getting a light sweat going, but arguably you're better off having a rest on the Sunday and giving your body the time to try and recover from not only training on the Sunday, uh, Saturday, but drinking on the Sunday, uh, Saturday night, you want to give your body a chance to start recovering from the training session on the Saturday, recovering from the drinking on Saturday night, so that Monday you can actually hit it fully recovered. Whereas if you start training, if you fucking roll into Sunday and hit a hard session after going out drinking, not only have you not recovered from Saturday's session, your body's trying to recover from Saturday night by processing the alcohol, and now you're breaking it down even further on the Sunday. By training, you're going to roll into Monday and you're going to have two sessions just sitting there crushed that have crushed you and you haven't recovered from yet. So arguably, it is better to sit the next day out, maybe go and do something super light that's not going to break anything down, go for a walk, even a light jog to get to get a good sweat going, make yourself feel good, pump those endorphins, but not enough to break your muscle down because like I said, your body's trying to recover from Saturday's session and Saturday night sesh on the drinks. So you want to try and give your body as much time as it can to recover from those before you start breaking that shit down again. Um, All right. Um, I hope you enjoyed that one. I am distracted because I'm looking at the video quality and I just, I'm not happy with the lighting today. I'm using my my shitty fucking Kmart ring light that I got for 15 bucks and there's no sun outside. So it looks a bit weird, but most of you are listening. So it doesn't really matter. Anyway, moving on to 
the recap. The reason I cut that episode down, or the reason I've cut this whole alcohol episode um, down, is because there we go. So we don't fucking uh, get too vibrating. Enjoy, enjoy, ignore. Don't enjoy. Ignore the drill in the background as well. Um, I've been trying to fucking get this done all day. Not really. I haven't been trying all day. But I've been trying to get this done for a while and things just keep popping up and it's like, if I don't do it now, I'm probably not going to get it done. And then tomorrow morning I have my psychologist um, appointment. It's Thursday today, by the way. And I don't want to have to do it after that because I just I want to be on. I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling ready to fucking go. So I don't want to like come in tomorrow after my psychologist appointment and be like, hey guys, and just be in another world. So I'm here today. You've got me. So ignore the drill is what I was trying to get at. Um, the reason I cut the episode short or cut them up whenever the, like the main chunk of it goes over 30 minutes is because like I find it hard to digest episodes or podcasts with a bunch of information. Like I listen to a, a fair, fair few of Joe Rogan's episodes and like when, whenever he has scientists or doctors or like people who are like smart and have information on, I always find that, um, I have to listen to it in chunks. Otherwise it becomes kind of overwhelming. And it's like, it, I lose some of it. Like if you listen to a three hour long episode, what are you going to retain? Um, not much. Like you retain bits and bops here and there, but you don't retain a lot. Whereas if you listen to half an hour of like today, for example, you go back and you listen to that and you, you know, reprocess everything that you kind of listen to within that half an hour, you're going to retain it better than you are if you're like, you know what I mean? Instead of lift, um, I've lost my thought. I lost my train of thought. Maybe I should listen to myself in smaller chunks um enough talking shit if you're if the episode only goes for half an hour like or an hour and half an hour of that is like information dense then instead of me playing a two-hour episode and you listening to the full two hours you can spend that extra hour kind of like reprocessing what you've just listened to and you can actually retain it rather than overloading and forgetting everything is basically what I was trying to get at. So that's why I cut it down. I like to listen to things, small chunks, and then ponder and like think about them as opposed to listening to everything at once and then forgetting it all. So I like bite-sized chunks. Um, but I, like I said before we went into it, I feel like I leaned into the extreme of alcoholism a little too far as opposed to like the casual drinker. So I wrote down some extra tips or extra points that are more directed at someone who just drinks every now and then. And um, so like obviously if you're a casual drinker and they're just training for general health and having a few drinks on the weekend or on occasion aren't going to impact your training that much because you're just training for general health. You don't have performance goals. You don't have, you know, serious goals that you want to chase and alcohol is not going to affect that because you're just training for general health you're training to be better you're training to you know better your life quality and that's great you know you don't need to stop drinking for that just be mindful that it's going to impact your recovery so maybe change your training around the weekend instead of having big training days on the weekends because you're drinking train lighter and like maybe just be more mindful of what you're putting in your body um, food-wise, leading into the weekend, so you can have a bit more of a barrier, so you're not going to overconsume and get um, gain a bit of extra weight. Not that gaining extra weight's a bad thing, but you know, if you gain too much extra weight, that's a bad thing. Fine line. Um, but again, like I mentioned in the previous one, weight isn't everything. Like you know, as long as you're fucking ticking all the boxes um, in terms of feeling good, training well, eating well happy days um 
it's only really when you have like serious training goals that you want to achieve that alcohol on the odd occasion is going to affect that. Like if you're, for me, if I'm training for an Ironman and every Saturday night or every second Saturday night, I'm going out and fucking smashing drinks, then my recovery is going to be shit Sunday, shit Monday. It's not worth it because I'm still going to have to train on the Sunday to get the volume in to hit my goal. Um, But I'm going to be training, you know, broken down i'm not going to have recovered from saturday's training then we're going to throw in a big session on sunday then i'm going to have to roll up on monday even more broken than i was on friday which is ridiculous so you know unless you've got serious training goals it's not going to make or break anything if you're just training for the the love of training or training for general health um at the end of the day it's going to come down to balance if you enjoy going out and having a drink with friends then do it don't fucking sacrifice that you know what i mean as long as you're balancing out your intake because at if it comes down to that, it, uh, sorry, when it comes to that, it's not so much about um, your, it's not about the alcohol kind of uh, impacting your recovery. It's about how much you're consuming with that alcohol, like how many extra calories are you taking in around that alcohol consumption? Because at the end of the day, if you're doing that every weekend and you're blowing over by a couple of thousand calories, then you're going to end up gaining weight to the point where it's not healthy. So that's what you've got to monitor when it comes down to that. Um, But if you enjoy going out having a couple of drinks with your mates, don't beat yourself up about it. Fucking hell. If you are really worried about over consuming, then set yourself a limit. Be like, you know what? I'm going to have fucking four drinks tonight and maybe stagger them out like I mentioned last week with non-alcoholic drinks to make it last a bit longer or have your four drinks and then just have non-alcoholic ones. Um, it's, you know, it's balance. Just find that balance. Don't beat yourself up. Just beat yourself up. doesn't work. doesn't help. makes things harder. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, they're the, the little thoughts I had um, about that little insert from last week. Uh, but otherwise i hope you guys enjoyed that section that segment section i'm gonna i don't have a drink bottle within reach no i do sucked in you have to listen to me drink um as soon as i start talking my throat dries out that's my chair by the way it's not me farting um as soon as my throat dries out or as soon as i start talking my throat dries out and then i need a drink annoying anyway let's get into the general stuff Um, so how has this week been? Well, when did I last record? Last recorded on a Thursday, which was a week ago. So this week's been good. What did I do Friday? I swam and saw my psychologist and that was great. Saturday was a wet day timetable on the, uh, the bike because it was freezing and it was fucking raining. So I rode inside, um, or undercover, not inside. I was outside, but I was undercover. And then I had to run, which was so hard because... When you're on the trainer, um, when you ride on the trainer, you sweat way more and it's you just sweat more because you've got no wind drying the sweat off. You just sweat profusely. So I sweated out everything I was wearing and then I was like, I'm going to go run. So I took my changed tops, put a new top on, but my shorts that I was wearing were soaked. And as soon as I started running, I felt how soaked they were because it was fucking freezing uh, it was only 5Ks, but it was fucking cold for the whole five. So when I got back, I jumped in the shower and I was just, it was heaven. It was absolute heaven. Um, so yeah, wet day timetable. I think for me, I depends on how I'm feeling, whether I suck it up and ride outside or whether I ride inside on the weekend. And it depends how long the ride is. Like it was 
just over two hours whereas this weekend's a three-hour ride and like i think even if it's shit outside i'm just gonna ride outside because i don't want to be inside or undercover on a trainer for three hours that's just fucking dreadful um i'd rather be outside in the rain bearing up dealing with the fucking elements than freezing to death no not freezing to death than just sitting there thinking my ass is sore for three hours because that's basically what it's like sitting on a trainer um anyway what i had some pondering thoughts or some thoughts that i pondered this week um while i was running on one of the days i started to think about like eating disorders and stuff like that and i was i like not the, i didn't think about the eating disorders as such but i started to think about the origin of them and i was like i wonder if they've been around forever or if they've kind of semi-recent and i was like just thinking about i feel like they're kind of semi-recent because i remember watching some seinfeld episodes and they referenced them and stuff and i was like i feel like they might have been a thing around that time like the 90s 80s and 90s and then i started to think maybe they stemmed from like you know the parents of the people who had reached their 20s in the 80s and 90s um were probably slender or slim um because we had just come out of war, like everyone, it was world war, world wars. Um, so food was probably scarce. Everyone was probably eating fucking rations. They weren't eating a heap of food. Um, very physical jobs, not many fucking office jobs where you sit around all day. And then you, you know, so these are the parents of the kids that grew up in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Then these kids start growing up and they don't look as good in quotation marks as their parents did when they were younger and their parents are like you know maybe they're giving them a hard time um so then people started developing eating disorders to try and you know bring themselves back to where they were told they should look um to try and deal with and fast food as well not to mention fast food coming up so maybe they developed eating disorders because they weren't as skinny or as slender as their parents were when their parents were growing up not taking into consideration the fact their parents were growing up probably in famine and world war and when you know there's more active jobs around and fast food wasn't as big anyway it's just a theory i didn't care enough to google it maybe i should do it right now live with you guys yeah let's do that not live but semi-live um when did first appear how good google knew exactly what i was thinking of Mm, nice the first thing is get um support great oh geez i was way off dude um consumption apparently anorexia was in 1689 english physician richard morton described two cases of nervous consumption one in a boy and one in a girl these are considered the earliest modern cases of an illness now known as anorexia nervosa in disorder Damn, there's another one. The first person to develop an eating disorder. French fasting girl of Confolens in 1613. All right. In the 1600s. Wow, I thought my theory was fucking solid. Okay, here we go. How much has anorexia increased uh, since the 1950s? No, it's anorexia increased by 36% every five years since the 1950s. At least 8 million people suffer from it. And the most vulnerable age group is 15 to 24-year-old year women. There you go. That's interesting. So since the 1950s, it has increased by 36% every five years. That's fucking wild. Um, damn. So maybe my theory did have some 
some truth to it, fact to it. That's pretty fucking bonkers, dude. Wow. Hopefully we can start bringing those numbers down now that there's like more awareness about it and more, you know, obviously more people talking about it, I think. And there's more like, I feel like there's a big focus on health and fitness. I feel like the fitness movement has been huge. Um, I just hope that it starts moving in the right direction because I feel like it was moving in the wrong direction for a while there. Like me personally, my opinion is um, bodybuilding competitions are fucking dangerous for people who are doing it because they want to look good. Um, Don't do it. If you're going to do a bodybuilding competition because you want to look shredded and you want to look lean and you want to look good, great. Don't do a bodybuilding competition because it is going to put you into this fucking spiral or this endless cycle of, you know, eat, get kind of chubby or fluffy, probably where you should be normally. Then you're going to starve yourself for a fucking, you know, certain period, 12 weeks, 18 weeks. 24 weeks, who knows, and then you're going to compete on stage, everyone's going to be like, you look so good, you look so skinny, you look so fucking shredded, oh, amazing, then as soon as you finish that show, you're supposed to reverse diet and put all that weight back on to get yourself back to that healthy level, but when you get back there, you're like, I don't look as good as I did when I did my show, I'm going to do another show, and then you just fucking repeat the process, and then like, you just fucking, you know, it's just not not healthy to constantly live in that, then what are you going to do that for the rest of your life? No, you're better off just not getting yourself to that point and starting that process. If you are going to do a bodybuilding competition because you want to look good, that's the wrong reason. There's a wrong reason to do it. Do it because you're passionate about muscles and you're passionate about seeing the, the human physique and you're passionate about trying to win. Don't do it because you want to fucking look what people say is good because um, that's not a good way to go about it. I thought also too, maybe I should do an episode on uh, fucking steroids. Not that I have any experience or knowledge, but like it's, I just find it super interesting and I find people's opinions on them super interesting too, because like if I was to give my opinion on steroid use and stuff like that, it's fine. Do it. Go for it. Go for your fucking life. Um, I'm getting another phone call, so I'll be back in two seconds. Yeah. Go for your fucking life. As long as you're open about it and honest about it, then it's fine. But if you're fucking doing it and you're lying, not fine. That's the line. Like the difference is, or the line is being open and honest about it. If you're not open and honest about it, then you're a fucking dick. But if you are open and honest about it, then great. You're being open and honest. That's what we want. People want to know. Like I follow and listen to a bodybuilder. Um, I don't like bodybuilding. I fucking don't like it as a sport. I think it's superficial and shit. But I have respect for people that are, you know, actually keen to compete in it and do it, pursue it as a career. Um, but I just don't like it as a, I think it's just vain and silly and it puts, gives people fucking eating disorders, man. Fuck that. I know what it's like to have one. It's not fun. And it gives people eating disorders and it fucking ruins women's periods. And it's just not something that's healthy. Like it can't be, it's not healthy at all. Like arguably no high performance sports are healthy. Um, but I feel like that's the one that most people can get to the level of unhealthy easily because you can just sign up for a fucking bodybuilding comp wherever. But Mike Pearson, he's fucking fantastic because he is so open about his steroid use that it is refreshing because so many bodybuilders will not tell you what they take, will not tell you they take anything. 
and lie to you about everything. Uh, I'm going to go on a rant in a second, but I'm going to pull my blind down a little bit because the reflection off my white arms is blinding myself in the camera. Oh boy. Is that better? Yeah. Oh, that's way better. Looks all dark and gloomy now. Um, I need a better ring light or two. I need like... I need to get a good quality one and not this fucking shitty ass one. It's probably in the camera. I hope it's not. That'd be really annoying if it was. Anyway, what I was talking about was steroid use and being open and honest about it. Yeah, in the fitness industry. So the problem I have with steroids, like I don't, like I love, I don't love, where the fuck did I pull that word from? I am fine for people using them. You know, if you want to get better and you want to fucking bump up your performance, go for it. Like, I think I've mentioned it before. I'm probably going to take or I'm probably going to get on a testosterone replacement um, therapy when I'm older because I want to still function at my best. Like, I don't want to just get old because my body stopped producing testosterone. No, I want to fucking, you know, keep going. It's great. Um, but if you're lying about it, then you're a dick. Like, so many fitness models, females included, are taking some form of PED to try and get themselves to a level that they think is good for marketing for whatever reason and that is just fucking unfair on everyone when they're lying about it like if you're showing your body and you're trying to sell a 15 minute ab program and you're fucking shredded but you're fucking taking um what is it clen to try and shred yourself that's a fucking lie you're a piece of shit for doing that that's so unfair don't do that so I think I'm going to do an episode on this at some point. Um, but that was just a sample of my hatred or my just, dis- yeah, I just don't like it. I don't, I don't like people who lie about it. People who are open, great, go for it. Anyway, um, let's talk about some things that happened to me this week. I went and saw Doctor Strange on Saturday night with Caitlin. Um, if you're a Marvel fan, I would recommend going to see it. It is worth seeing, but... Lower your expectation levels just a tad. Um, I coming off seeing Spider-Man um, and watching Moon Knight, which I'll touch on next. I was like, "This is gonna be fucking sick." Rolled in, and I was like, "Oh." They kind of dropped the ball a little bit on that one. Um, if I was to liken it to another movie of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's kind of like Thor The Dark World. Like, you kind of need to see it to get a bit more information on the characters and this and that. And it probably sets up a few things for the future. But, you know, lower your expectations. It's not mind-blowing. It's not as good as it probably could have been. Multiverse Madness. Like, you could have so much fun with that. Like, I watch um, the DC... um, the CW TV shows. So like they're the live action Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, Superman and Lois, uh, Batgirl, Legends of Tomorrow. Like I watched them, those TV shows. And they made the multiverse. They've done a couple of multiverse crossovers. Fucking amazing. They had so many cameos from different characters throughout the whole universe. And they fucking crushed it. And they were a TV show. Um, so... They could have done better with the Doctor Strange, but you know, if you want a, if you want a good TV show to watch or a good Marvel sh- show to watch, Moon Knight, 
saw it and I was like, I don't know about this one, but Caitlin and I are committed to seeing everything Marvel. So we're like, fuck it, let's see it. And the Disney Plus Marvel TV shows, if you haven't watched them, fucking do it now. If you're a Marvel fan and you haven't watched the Marvel TV shows, please watch them. It's the same as the um, Star Wars TV shows, being Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett and the new one, Obi, Obi-Wan, coming out soon. Watch them because they are like, each episode is like an hour long, but it's the production quality is like a fucking movie. It is insane. They are such good value for the time you put in to watch it. Um, so please, if you have Disney Plus, give them a shot. Give the Marvel and the Star Wars TV shows a shot. They are fucking great. Anyway, moving into Moon Knight. Um, it is basically about... Eight, it's, it's, the context is there's this one guy that takes on a he's the avatar for an Egyptian god and it's just ancient Egypt mythology and all sorts of crazy shit it is so cool like the first few episodes you're like what is happening then they give you a bit of context then 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 I think there's six episodes so the first two episodes you're like what the fuck then the third episode they're like yeah here it is and you're like oh okay cool I understand it now and then the fourth episode is like Okay, cool. We understand it a little bit. Then the fifth is like, what the fuck is going on? And most of the sixth, you're like, what is happening? I don't understand this. And then at the end, they're like, closure. And then the very end, they're like, fuck you. And they change it again. So it's just crazy. Um, So it's definitely worth a watch. Big, 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 big fan. Big, big fan. Um, What else did I write? Uh, Wet day timetable. I already covered that off, didn't I? Yeah, I was talking shit. Um... I'm trying to keep these episodes around 60 minutes, but when I got off the phone call just then, I was like, why don't I just make sure that the information I give in each episode is like around the 30-minute mark, and then I can talk as much shit as I want on top of that. Um, I don't know why I'm trying to structure myself so much. I think oh, I could go so deep, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to fucking save that for tomorrow's appointment. I reckon one day I'll do a couple episodes on... I take notes after all my psychology appointments. Um, I write like just a bunch of dot points depending on what we covered off in that session. And there is enough for a book at the moment. So maybe one day I'll write a book or maybe I'll just do a super long podcast about everything that's been going on. I will touch on um, the shit that has been happening one day, um, but not today. No, I don't know why I stalled for so long just then, but I did. I'm going to take a drink, and then I'm going to get into the next dot point that I've got written down. Mm. So good. Anyway, um, so as I mentioned last week, I'm doing a bunch of strength training at the moment, more than I normally do. I'm doing three extra strength sessions a week, which is fine. Uh, but I'm still trying to keep on top of my try training as well as doing a Metcon on a Wednesday. So my training timetable is getting pretty hectic at the moment. Um, it's manageable because they're kind of different stimulus or stimuli, if you will. Um, but it's just the time factor. Like Mondays and Wednesdays, I have to train three times. I I don't have to, but I train three times in order to have Fridays only be one session. I don't really want to train twice on Fridays. Like I said before, I want to finish my psychologist and just be done. Um, So yeah, Mondays and Wednesdays have been triple days for me lately, which is fine. Like 
I, because strength stuff is a different stimulus completely, it's more neurological. It's not um, heart ratey, sweaty kind of stuff. I mean, your heart rate gets up, but it's only for a, a short period of time because you're only doing a few reps before you rest. But it's still like time wise, it does have some form of a load on it. So, like, you know, I just, I'm trying to balance it. I'm seeing how I go. I've got to keep the strength in. So, I'm hoping I don't have to give up any try training stuff, but I might have to. We'll see. The beauty of me not having any events in the foreseeable future or the next few months until I get these fucking lifts done um, is that I can miss sessions and it's not a big deal. I haven't and I probably won't, but I can. And the thought of being able to miss them is all I need to keep going, keep soldiering on. Um, But yeah, so what I touched on last week. So my goals, my strength goals have changed completely. Um, so when I finished my Geelong Ironman, I was like, I just want to get strong. I just want to do the things I find fun and just enjoy it. But since having to actually get strong now, I don't have a choice. It's like, all right, now I don't really get to do the things I find fun. I have to roll in and just hit strength sessions, pure strength sessions. So for example, today, my strength session was deficit, four sets of heavy deficit deadlifts, four sets of feet up bench press, four sets of front squats and three or four sets of wide grip bench press and then some banded good mornings to finish off. And if you don't know what a banded good morning is, it's where you bend over and say good morning with a band around your neck. Good morning, good morning. It's a great way to stay in shape. Um, But that was my session. That's what my sessions have been looking like. They're just boring, you know, one exercise, a bunch of sets, a bunch of reps, rest. Um, So it's, it's quite different to what I'm used to, but I'm keen to see where I can get. Um, I'm quietly confident. I've learned how to brace much better. Um, I realized my brace wasn't great. It wasn't like I was able to shift some pretty heavy weights, but I had a shitty brace. So if I can fix my brace, which is your abs, you're like your whole trunk section. If you, if I can fix that and get that nice and strong, then I will be able, I'm hoping my weights will go up drastically. Um, I also had a realization with my squats. I really struggle to get into a good squat position and it just doesn't feel right. I low bar squat, um, that fixed it temporarily, but even then it's like, I don't know, man, I could be, I could feel better. And I think it is because, no, I don't think, I know it's because I got super tight hips. So I'm trying, I'm working on that at the moment. Um, trying to open up those hips. I think it's from sitting down a lot of the time and riding. Like riding fucks your hip flexors because you're in the, the most closed off position. Your hips are just completely closed off the entire time you're on the bike. And like not closed off, sitting is better than sitting on a bike. Because if you think about it, when you're sitting in a chair, your torso and your legs are basically at a right angle, which is fine. Whereas when you're on a bike, it's 45 degrees or less, which is even shorter. So my hip flexors or my hips are just going to be shortened massively from all the time that I spent sitting in a chair and sitting on my bike. I'd hate to add up how many hours I've spent on my bike, but I'm going to do it. Um, So I have two bikes. One of them is a road bike and one of them is a time trial bike. I'm saying this to you guys now because I am stalling while I look up how much distance I've done on either of those uh, bikes. So I, here we go. All right. On my Focus, which is my road bike, I've done 13,773 kilometers. 
on my time trial bike, I've done 11,263. So let's say 14,000 plus 11,000. What is that? 25,000. Um, yeah, 25,000. Let's go 25, 1, 2, 3, divided by, let's say the average was 25 Ks an hour. 25, it's 1,000 hours, divided by 24, 41 days. So in the past two and a half years, I've spent 41 days on my bike. Wow, that's a lot of time. That's pretty fucked up when you think about it. How many days are there in a year? 365. So say it was, let's say three years. That's 1,095 days. I've spent 41. So let's go 41 divided by... I've spent point times 100. Oh, I've spent 3% of the time on my bike. What the fuck? Oh, that's not good. Um, I mean, it is good. It's impressive, but it's... No wonder my fucking hips are tight. Anyway, what the fuck? Um... So yeah, I'm going to be working on that to try and get strong. But otherwise, training has been good this week. Um, we, what have I done? Yeah, just strength and fucking, I've done a couple of runs. Running is feeling really good too at the moment. I, um, yeah, I don't know why it's been feeling really good, but I just feel like my heart rate's low. I can hit paces easily. Like yesterday I had um, like a 3K warm up, then two, uh, three 2K efforts at like one not one that's ridiculous at four they were meant to be at 440 but i did them at 425 430 ish um i was just floating they felt great so like i did yeah they i just cruised through them it was fucking awesome so i'm very happy with how running's going at the moment riding's feeling pretty good um and swimming is yeah it's it's getting better it's getting better like since changing my technique it's finally getting better i had a rough day on wednesday rough day in the pool on wednesday my just my whole which was yesterday um my whole fucking upper body was just sore from the bench press and the pull-ups and the fucking dips that i've been doing for the strength training it just it just hurt me so um yeah that was Alright, I gotta to swim tomorrow and I'm hoping it's gonna be better because I've I did a lot of bench press today, so hopefully it's not that bad. Um did a Metcon yesterday with the BFT Montmorency crew. It was fucking spicy. I um yeah, rolled in and Ben and I were like it was teams of three, but we were like, we'll go as a team of two, it'll be fine. We'll try and, you know, just it will be fine, you know. We've done worse things. And we started and it was like no this is fucking way too hard. We need rest. We weren't getting rest. We tried, we lasted the first block. It was like four 10 minute blocks of different shit. And we lasted the first 10 minute block, but the second 10 minute block we started and we're like, man, we can't keep this up. So we just, we had to change it, um, quite a bit to just get it done. Cause it was fucking really hard. Um, but it was good because, you know, we got through it. We had fun. We had a laugh at the end. It was very sweaty um but yeah it's a great way to stay in shape those uh spicy workouts then i today literally just got back from having double grilled burgers with ben we went to look at some shoes um and got double grilled burgers which is fucking sick so that's exciting that's exciting stuff otherwise um what else has happened in the past um the past few days I saw, that's right, so um, 
the guy I was men- mentioning before when I was on my little tangent rant about steroid use, Mike Pearson, oh, he's fucking yoked. He's the biggest dude ever. Anyway, um, he said something that was like pretty fucking true and it just kind of resonated with me. It was like the good days don't count as much as the hard days. Um, and I, that just resonated me with resonated with me because he's right. Like if you think about it, the good days, it's easy to be motivated. It's easy when the weather's great. And like, you know, everyone's up and about pumping. It's easy to be motivated to train. It's easy to be up and fucking going out there when you're feeling good, when you're feeling ready to fucking party. It's easy to go out there and train. But on the days where it's fucking cold, it's raining, it's foggy, you feel like crap, you feel tired, you feel a bit sluggish, you're like, oh, this, that, I can't be bothered. Like, those are the days that count. Those are the ones that make the difference. Um, Like, yes, there are going to be times when you know what, you deserve that rest and you need to take that rest. But you got to be fucking pretty tuned in with your own shit. Like you got to know your own excuses. Like for me, I know I am way too hard on myself. So I know that if I feel shit, odds are there are times where I could probably take a rest where I don't because I'm just way too hard on myself. Um, But like, it doesn't like, you got to kind of, you got to figure that out for yourself. You got to learn when you're actually tired and exhausted and when you're just full of shit that's something that you can only learn through experience unfortunately like no one's going to have the same level of um you know same the same limit or same level of shit they can put up with um so bottom line stay consistent on the days the months the weeks where everything seems difficult you know stay consistent try and push on those days like if you wake up if you wake up every day for a whole week and you don't feel your best, you don't feel 100%, just try and stay consistent and push through. Obviously, if you are actually fucking tired and you you need a break, take a break. But if you aren't really at that level, stay consistent and push through. Those days are going to count way more than the days where it feels good. And then when you get to the days where it feels good, you're going to fucking crush the shit out of it. It's going to be easy, mate, because you've fucking done those hard days. You've put in the hard work. So, um, yeah, I just thought that was good. The good days don't count as much as the hard days. So I reckon I'll do a fucking podcast on that too. I'm just going to fucking throw them out on all sorts of crazy, um, crazy shit. <sighs> anyway, I am going to make curry for dinner tonight. I made, I'm, yeah, I made it. I did make it. I was going to say Caitlin made it. No, she made something, some treats that were delicious. I made the curry. Thai yellow curry. We had it, or not we, Caitlin had it at, um... Went to Veggie Bar last week. Friday. Went to Veggie Bar on Friday and Caitlin had it and it was fucking delicious. I had a prison meal and it wasn't as good as Caitlin's Thai green curry. Um, so we made it on the weekend and it was fucking delicious. So I'm going to make it again. Um, everything made from scratch. So you make the curry paste and then you put all the ingredients in and you make the, the curry as well. Um, so I'm going to make that tonight for dinner. Uh, hopefully I've got room in my stomach after eating so much grilled burgers, but you know what? If not, we'll make room because you've got to eat food to fuel, fuel your exercise. Because um, like yesterday, I definitely didn't eat enough. I felt it today when I got back from, so I went and trained this morning at like eight o'clock after I'd already done an hour and 20 minutes on my bike in the morning. I went and trained, did some did a strength session, and then I went to the shops, and then I got home from the shops, and I was like, I don't know if everyone's experienced this before, but you start to get panicky 
when you're hungry and I started to get a bit panicky. I was like, oh, shit. Like I started to shake a bit, started to freak out. I was like, I need to fucking eat. If I don't eat now, I'm probably going to die. Like I started to exaggerate thoughts. I was like, this is not good. This is not good. This is not good. Um, so I got some toast into me. Then I went and got double grilled. But yeah, I didn't eat enough yesterday. When I, I know when I wake up hungry, like I woke up this morning to do my ride and I was like, my stomach hurts because I'm hungry. Um, it means I haven't eaten enough and I ate a lot yesterday. I just didn't eat enough because I spent a lot of the time training. Like yesterday I swam four and a bit K's in the morning and then sauntered, which was like an hour and a half, nearly two hours at the pool. And then I came home, had some food, um, then went for a run, which was, it was about 12, no, it was 12 K's on the dot. So that took me under an hour, which was nice. And then I went and did the Metcon, which was like 40 minutes. 45 call it 45 um with sizzle time afterwards and that was rough but yeah i just didn't have enough time to eat like i had three scroll uh, three cinnamon scrolls but you know what i mean like that was a snack that wasn't actually a meal so they didn't have enough time to eat i'm just talking shit that's what caitlin made the other night so i'm just going off what did i, what did I make for dinner i think we had burgers i think this was Last, no, Tuesday night we had burgers for dinner. Um, and she was like, I feel like making something. And I was like, I'm so tired. I was like, I'm just going to lie on the bed for a bit. You can do whatever you want. She's like, okay. And then she went and started making something. And I came up and she'd made cinnamon scrolls. And they were fucking delicious. Um, not healthy cinnamon scrolls, just delicious cinnamon scrolls. Vegan ones, of course. And they were fucking wonderful. So I had a couple of them. A few? A few or a couple? I feel like a few's three, a couple's two. So I had a few of them on uh, Wednesday after training, and like it definitely helped keep me alive for a little bit longer. <sighs> oh, excuse me. If I didn't have them, I probably wouldn't have made it through. But thankfully, you know, I had the scrolls there to keep me alive. Um, otherwise, yeah, happy days. Um, I reckon I'm gonna call it there, guys. Um, hope you enjoyed this week's episode it feels weird not recording the full lot and like sandwiching a bit in because i'm like i've only really spoken for well probably 45 minutes actually that's not too bad actually that's that's quite a bit um it's quite a bit of a podcast on top of a podcast but yeah i hope you guys enjoyed it um as always feedback hit me up shoot me a message tell me that you like it you know it's cool i like hearing about it uh, makes me happy makes me think like cool i'm actually doing the right thing like i do de- i do tend to doubt myself like i started doing this for me um because it's cool it's a good way to get my thoughts out there like i think a lot caitlin was like there was a day that she was like uh, i think she was just feeling a bit flat i think it might have been um no i think it definitely was that time of the old uh the month and she was like she was just pretty tired she had a big night she was didn't really sleep well um and like i was just running my fucking mouth just talking shit i think it might have even been on the way back from Torquay, and she was like i'm like i'm really tired i might try and have a nap and i was like just fucking rattling off shit and she's like how many coffees did you had today and i was like one two maybe two and she's like you can fucking tell and i was like hey i was like i can't i can't stop i don't know and she's like well can you maybe just not talk for like see how long you can go without talking for and i was like um i'll see i'll see how i go i don't know i can't make any promises but i'll see how long i can go without talking for because i can see that you are really tired and might need it 
even then I dragged out that sentence. Um, and then I was sitting there in silence and I was like, man, even when I shut up, I don't shut up because in my brain, I'm still hitting the same cadence with words that are coming out of my mouth. Like right now I'm talking like this. If I stop talking, I would still be hitting the same cadence of words that are coming out of my mouth. I'm just like, bah, 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 bah. just talking absolute shit. Um, so I realized that, that it's like, you know, I talk, but if I stop talking, it's still happening inside my brain. So the podcast is a great way to just vomit all that talk up and just zen out the next day and not have to say anything and not have to say much. Um, but yeah, not that talking's a bad thing. Oh, it's got a weird pain. Um, I just tend to talk a lot. Cool. One more story before we go. One more story. One more final story. Um, the ability of dogs to sniff, the, to smell out things is amazing. I can't believe it. Like we have two groodles, golden retriever poodles, one Hudson and one named Axel. Axel's a young one. He's just over a year. Hudson's like five or six. Um, and the other day Hudson was, I was going to give him a treat and I was trying to find the treats. I couldn't find them. And I was opening up a bunch of cupboards and I opened up one cupboard and there's a bunch of fluff that came out of a pillow that Axel ripped apart sitting in one of the cupboards in a garbage bag. And Hudson like shoved his head into the garbage bag and was just inhaling. He was like, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like he doesn't usually, he's not one to go and grab shit that aren't, that isn't toys. He'll grab a toy or a stick and rip it apart, but not a random bag full of fluff. And he fucking pulled the bag out of the cupboard and was like sniffing it insanely and like pulling fluff out. And I was like, what is fucking happening? I was like, there's got to be something inside this bag. And I was ex totally expecting a giant rat, but no, a little mouse like popped out and was like, and just ran into the fucking corner and hit itself from him. Um, but I was, it just baffled me that like he stuck his head in the cupboard and he knew that something was in there alive, like straight away, instantly. It wasn't like a, he heard it move or saw it move or anything. He, as soon as I opened that cupboard, he was like, there's a fucking mouse in here and I'm going to find it. He just knew it. So I would love to be able to smell like a fucking dog for like just five minutes and just see what they can smell because it must be baffling um, to be a dog and smell the amount of smells that they can smell. Say smell one more time. High five. Oh, what happened? I think I just broke the whole recording thing. Ah, what's happening? Monitor on. All right. Is it... Did it fix? Fix? I think it... It glitched out, but we're back. Um, anyway, that's, I think that's, I'm just going to call it here for the day. Um, I went a little bit over what I was supposed to do, but you know what? Sometimes that's fucking what you got to do. I think it was my rant on steroids. I don't even fucking know what steroids, I don't know enough about steroids to rant about them, and I did. Um, so maybe I'll do a bit of research and tell a few stories. Anyway. I hope you guys have a ripper week coming up this week. I keep forgetting that this airs on Sunday and not right now. Um, yeah, and hope you enjoyed this episode. I will chat to you guys in a week's time for part three. Oh, I didn't even give a preview of part three, but you'll love it. It's great. Um, yeah, have a good week, guys. Peace out. Peace out.